Pleasure talking to you again. How you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing? Oh, good, man. Just, you know, finished watching that UFC uh, fight night five. It was a solid card for sure. <laughs> uh, I wasn't able to catch the whole thing. It was my grandpa's birthday. So, you know, I was out and about. But one thing I was glad I caught before leaving was that uh, Buckley knockout. My word. You called it yourself, you know, mini Mike, mini Mike Tyson, but mm -hmm. that, that version, kid came right? to play. Yeah, that kid came to play. What uh, what kind of stood out for you for that card? I think that obviously was a big one for everybody. What was really good about that is he says he practices that all the time. And when you were saying the Mike Tyson aspect of it, it says that's what he likes. He likes to fight in close, likes to get mm -hmm. some good counters in, maybe do some ducking and dodging. And I think Impa really didn't give him that kind of credit. I think he should have been distance fighting a bit more maybe even avoid trying to catch those things because you're trying to go in too, but really keeping that point battle going and not going in close to them would have been the way to go. But, you know, then Agreed. he learned. And, and, you know, that was kind of like just the camel that broke the straw's back. But if you're watching that whole fight, Buckley was landing big shots mm -hmm. well before then, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was kind of just the final straw. But overall, like that dominance by Buckley was, was pretty, pretty interesting to see there. Mm -hmm. And it's because they were fighting his game, you know, that, that striking battle. The reason why my boy Kevin Holland knocked him out is because you got to be different with those strikes. If you're going mm -hmm. at a borderline pure striker like that and then hoping to catch him the way he's trying to catch you, unfortunately, we know that Buckley had the power uh, edge the whole time. And so I think yeah. that was where things were slightly inevitable. And I even said, it, I think if he had any bit of a ground game, I would be taking Buckley to the ground nonstop. That, that should have been his game plan all along. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that kind of leads us into, you know, UFC Fight Island for this weekend. It's your birthday. So hopefully we're going to have a great card. Yeah. Shout out LeBron as well, you know, kind of impacting his greatness there and congratulations to the Lakers on Kobe season, but let's shift the focus. Yeah. To your birthday fight card. And, uh, you know, are you ready to jump into this? Let's get it. Awesome. So, you know, the first fight is Ferris Ziam versus Jamie Malarkey. So what do you got on the deck for us here? Yeah. So the thing I like about Ziam is that he's one of those French strikers that I've come to really love. If you remember our boy Yusuf Salal, I mean, he comes from that, that similar cloth. You know, we really do want to see what he's got from a ground perspective because mm -hmm. Malarkey is going to bring a very, very more polished MMA game. I think what we saw from him in his fight with Brad Riddell was heart we saw his MMA skills in the beginning, but he started mm. to get a little tired. It was a short notice fight. He started just throwing caution to the wind. And what do we know about those boys from, uh, you know, Israel's camp? They like to strike. They're really good yeah. at the end of the rounds. You know, that's when they kind of show up and have the energy to keep going. And so, unfortunately, that wasn't his fight. But like I said, short notice, this could definitely be his fight. And I like what I see from the striking of Fraz, but at the same time, I just think that all-around all ability, especially towards the later part of the rounds, and if mm -hmm. his coaches tell him, like, let's stick to this and not get sloppy towards the end, he's got a good chance of kind of grinding this out, maybe get a finish in the second or third. So right now, I want to say from an, a lines perspective, Malarkey's got to have the edge here, and I'm going to even guess a good minus 275 to a minus 300 favorite. Wow, so I mean, we're definitely going to find good value there, because Malarkey is actually just a slight favorite, minus 130. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, and, you know, this is that, our type of fighter, somebody who can go the distance, start dominating the later mm -hmm. rounds, kind of withstand the early blows. So, yeah, I mean, keep an eye out. I think we're, we're going to end up taking Mr. Malarkey here. So. Yeah, because, like, let's not take away too much from Fresh, because I, I liked what I saw in his debut. It was, again, another short notice fight. Like, we're seeing such a huge, uh, you know, domino effect for everybody nowadays. Absolutely. Like, so Everyone has to be ready at all times. So. Yeah, and so, I mean, he, he showed a, a bit of good defense, especially against the fence. 
uh, against uh, Don Madge. But again, I just think he's moving up a little bit here. I don't think it's going to be a similar fight for him where he can at least just defend. I think mm -hmm. the offense that's going to be coming his way in Malarkey, the gas tank that he'll bring to the table might be a little too much for him. And even with that extra time to, to prepare, it just might be a little bit too much of an edge. And you too can see that in the odds too as well, right? It's not too much of an of a edge as I thought, but mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's, there's a clear edge there. Awesome. So yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that one. Uh, mm -hmm. It looks like we're, we're enticed by the odds. Second fight we're going to talk about is uh, Khabib's cousin, I believe. Is that Khabib's cousin? My man sight, that is correct. Fighting uh, Mark Strigel. So yeah, tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah, so Mark Strigel's actually fighting out of the Philippines. He's a champion out okay. there. You know what, he's done He's done fairly well for himself, but I think that record is very telling of the competition he's fought. I liked, okay. I liked Saeed in his last fight. The one thing I yeah, thought he- two and one stands out to anybody. You know? Right, and, but if you even watch his last fight, I mean, it was a title defense against a very skilled and experienced Japanese fighter and, and he it was a no contest because of a low blow he landed on the ground uh, and, and, and watching that fight I mean did he have like a minus 300 edge in that fight by no means mm -hmm. at all you look at the athletic guy and one thing I wanted to point out was he was absolutely shredded for that fight and in this case he's actually moving weight classes and so I'm okay. really curious how, how that, that that weight is going to go for him against Saeed because he's a featherweight champion out in the Philippines, but oh, okay, I mean, okay. You know, he, he's now going to fight this man at bantamweight. And the thing with Said is, in his debut, the guy he fought—I uh, have it written down right here, uh, Ronnie Barcelos—he was actually the much quicker fighter, seemed to be okay. a lot more versatile in striking, was willing to even go for the takedowns and take it to the ground. He didn't seem like he was phased by anything Said threw at him. And so that was mm -hmm. the part that really kind of shined for me. If you think of a Khabib fighter, right? That's not the first thing you think of: forward of pressure, avoid yeah. strikes get him to the ground, don't let him up. It's not mm -hmm. really what I saw from his cousin Saeed. And so right now, I still think these odds are going to be about minus 300, minus 350 in Saeed's favor, maybe a minus 250. But I think everything that I'm telling you is kind of by the book. Points that direction. You got the big name. You got the guy coming out of the Philippines. Yeah. You know, trying to, trying to. People are, people are going to see that last name and pound regardless. You I can tell I mean? you right now, this dude definitely has an under 10% body fat and he now has to cut an extra 10 pounds to this fight. So I mean, there's, there's a lot of things going for Saeed in, in, going into in this, this favor, fight. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, you were spot on instinctively with your odds. <laughs> it's about minus 400. Yeah. Um, and, and we know, given that last name, you know, he's going to be pounded regardless. Exactly. So that's where I thought I was even giving a bit of edge to him. Like, mm -hmm. When I say him, I mean actually Mark. But unfortunately, it is exactly how I just described it. And yeah. unfortunately, like we're going to try and, and see what we can get in terms of value. Like last week, uh, the points, right? We, we took Olimbekov on, on points and that hit. And so little things like that, right? When you can see this kind of dominance, you know a guy is going to win. How? That's a yeah. great fight. As Got, got to narrow it down or include it in some parlays. Perfect so. fight to try and do that over the course exactly. of the week. Perfect. And the next one we're going to talk about, you know, my apologies if I butchered this name whatsoever, but it's Gadzimurov Antigulov versus Maxim Grishin. Yeah, so Gadzimurov Antigulov. I, I like him as a overall fighter. Fights out of American top team, so we know he comes from a good camp. To be honest, like two and three UFC fighter. Someone that's primarily a grappler. He can get gas okay. towards the later rounds. He's got mm -hmm. a bit of weight on him, right? So we know what he's bringing to the table in terms of, say, the first two to three minutes. 
And that's what I like about Maxine Christian. Now, I saw him fight Marcin Tybura, and really, Ooh. truly, yes. Like, the guy is yeah, We saw Tybura dominate this past weekend. Dominate Big Ben. And remember what I told you? With this guy, it's like, you know, unless Big, Big Ben's an underdog. Get nods, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's like he Stay knows in his head. He knows in his head, like, oh, no one thinks I'm going to win? Well, watch what I do. <laughs> <laughs> He's that kind of guy. And so, at the end of the day, the way I saw the Maxine Christian fight play out for him against Tybura was... You're moving up to face a very, very real heavyweight, right, and it yeah. showed. Whereas in this case, now sticking He's to back in his comfort zone, right back light into heavyweight, light heavyweight. Great size for a light heavyweight, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely shredded. Good size, good speed. I think that's what's going to be really coming into play here. I mean, even if this this goes to the ground within the next within the first sorry few minutes. He, I think he has the ability to kind of get himself out of there. We've seen it against maybe not so many skilled grapplers and wrestlers like our boy Antigulov, but I think in this case, defending enough to make sure that this fight goes past the first round and to tell yourself that's all I have to do to potentially get a win here win, yeah. is, 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 is a very good game plan to at least mm-hmm. play it round by round and keeping your eye on and getting those legs away from him, all those types of things. I think he has the capability. So when I'm looking at the odds, I don't think that the Russian aspect, the American top team aspect, the experience aspect is going to play enough into Eddie Gulov's favor. And I think you might even see Maxim Grisham here coming as a favorite, maybe a one, a minus one fifty, minus one thirty favorite. I'm leaning. So it, to, to be honest, I mean, it sounds like Vegas has very much a similar approach to this fight that you did in terms of how it can be dominated because mm-hmm. the, the fights, the odds are you know closer to minus four hundred. Uh, for Maxime, okay. they they do believe, you know, it's a matter of withstanding that first couple of minutes and yeah. then it should be continued domination. So And it's funny because when I throw a nod like that, that's clearly, I was very easily accepting this odds there. And I think I mm-hmm. wanted to take Maxime so badly. Badly, that you're hoping I'm, for a little. I'm throwing yeah. <laughs> something where I know it's going to be a two, three hundred. But at the same time, you're like, hey, give me this American <laughs> top trim UFC like edge on this guy. No, nah, nobody believes it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. So move on from that one right but yeah again, i mean but you know we might be then looking at a maxime and Sade parlay right I, I, well i also love the finish here like i sorry okay like let's not even talk about finish but like let's go with under i just mm-hmm. think that if he loses the fight he's gonna lose it early and it's gonna probably be to a grappling finish if it's mm-hmm. going later i mean i could see anti getting totally beat up on tired on yeah by the third round you he's know, not he, showing much, right? Yeah, these are the kind of guys that get kind of tapped out out of pure exhaustion because if a guy who's able to come at you in the third round for the last two, three minutes and just pound your face in mm-hmm. and you're barely able to keep your hands up, I mean... Yeah, the ref's going to stop it regardless. Yeah, you, you're not out. You're just out of breath. No, you're not showing anything. <laughs> you're not showing anything to continue the fight. Exactly. So. That's the way I feel about that one, and I think there's a lot of value to kind of dig deep as the yeah plays out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So keep it locked for that one. Uh, the next one we got upcoming is... Jun Yong Park versus Mr. John Phillips here. And it's funny because I wanted to, I was excited to talk to you about this one only because of this concept. You know why those you have those fights where people don't really look to, look forward to them? Or it's this mm-hmm. guy that kind of does the same thing and he's been doing the same thing for like 10 years. You know, like, yeah, let's see if anything happens. People don't get excited about this. But, no, these are your snack breaks, you know? But these are also the ones where two guys who just seem to have like chin for days go in and play rock'em sock'em robots. Oh, see, interesting. See drops first. So that's what I kind of want to get into here just quickly because I don't want to spend too much time on this fight. But we got John Phillips. He's the Welsh style, old school style you know knockout seeker and he's proven that he can do it but he just hasn't fought that much and 
I, I like the guys he's faced. Like he has fought tough competition, but one in four in his last five, and only Ooh. fought three times since 2018. Like these are not things that I like to take to the bank. No. And competition has been kind of tough for him. So Kevin Holland, I always mention him because that's my boy. Of course. Charles Bird and Jack Marshman are respectable losses, but. Now I'm looking at Park here, one and one in the UFC, right? And okay. like the way he threw his jab in that last fight. The only thing I felt like he was kind of playing against there was Anthony Hernandez seemed to have answers for a lot of difficult spots. The one thing you'll always like appreciate about a guy like Tony Ferguson, right? Why does he keep winning? Because even if he has a chin like that, the moment he gets kind of raw, but he has like four different things he can probably do to keep himself mm -hmm. in the fight if he's still on his feet. So what yeah. I really felt like Anthony Hernandez was doing there was he did not see a means to an end striking because you know park really did bring his a-game for that but the moment he started kind of you know level changing starting to look for takedowns beat him up a little bit more in that sense then he started seeing success he basically landed a quite let's not call anything lucky in, in this game but he the the, the choke itself came from <laughs> taking a bunch of shots to the face going for a takedown against the fence getting that takedown opportune spot as to where you are on the ground to look yeah. to be the offensive fighter and so I love that. I love the idea of Park being this guy who can take a punch, coming in there one and one UFC. Like, we don't know much about these guys. Let's go with odds. I'm looking at Park here being a favorite. And by much, I don't know. But let's go between minus 150 and minus 200. Uh, slightly higher, minus 255. Okay. So, and, and again, that kind of goes back to what I was telling you about, you know, Phillips just not being that active a fighter. Tail end kind yeah. of guy. It's a very high risk reward type of fighting. Mm -hmm. And then the one dimensionalness, right? Like this guy, yes. if I'm fighting him. If he doesn't get the knock, then oh, he's more yeah. than likely to lose, right? 100%. If I'm a guy that has a lot of faith in my striking and all that kind of stuff, sure. Be happy. Mm -hmm. Maybe try to spend a little bit of time on the feet. But if I also know that this guy is fairly bad or learning to be better at the ground, and I have the ability to get better very quickly, then I'm obviously going to spend a lot of my camp doing that. Yeah, that is absolutely. definitely a means to an end. Jillian Robertson, our uh, Canadian girl fighting mm -hmm. Polana uh, Botello. And yeah, give us a little, a little information on this one. Definitely. So Botello, let's start with her, right? Because this is okay. going back to these fighters that are seemingly getting an opportunity to see right now. They, they either haven't fought very much, but they're good fighters. So the thing I like about her is that she's actually gone. Let me quickly find this. Four, three and one in the UFC since 2017. So like that oh, was wow. what really stuck out to me when mm -hmm. I was reviewing her as a fighter. Just the the people she's fought, the things she's done, despite there's not doing it often, there. there's credibility there. And so it's kind of like opposite ends, right? Like now let's go look at our girl, uh, our sister Canadian fighter here, uh, Jillian Robertson. Exact opposite, right? We liked Courtney Casey throughout this entire pandemic. That was a fighter where we saw her getting very, very good and maybe starting to find her rhythm in terms of mm -hmm. building up some wins. And there goes Jillian just completely, you know, ruining that train for her. I love the way she's training right out of American Top Team again. They have a lot of fighters going to battle over the last like few weeks and probably in the upcoming months too. But yeah, they're an active camp right now and the people she's getting to work with and to fight prospects like Macy Barber, like these are, these are big. Like that was one of her big losses. And I think mm -hmm. this summer she's just proven to come back from that really strong, taking on fights like Courtney Casey, coming out with the W. I just have to tell myself that this is a very visible favorite. And as much as I don't want it to be, I mean, I'm going to call close fight. Robertson has to get the edge here in terms of activity. So let's go with a minus uh, 150 here, maybe minus 130. 240, actually. She's a uh, pr pr yeah, pr pretty heavy favorite. So Vegas clearly sees things the same way that you do. 
um, mm -hmm. with her, you know, recent history, fighting credible fighters, coming out on top. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the odds are definitely in our girl Robertson's favor. So let's actually quickly touch on that because it sounds like there's a lot of recency bias in this and where I don't mm -hmm. believe that really plays into our favor. We might have to start calling our lines based on that as well and even maybe foreshadowing a bit of line movement because mm -hmm. I think that's going to play a huge part as experienced MMA gamblers and just pickers in general are going to start laying some, some Rolling bets. in, yeah, for sure. Perfect. So yeah, stay tuned for that one. Arlene is obviously the Canadian girl, yeah, but before we 100%. lock anything in, we'll, we'll kind of post something for you guys. Big shout out to Cynthia Calvillo for beating both these girls, but uh, let's see wow. what happens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice little, nice little tidbit there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next one, I know you're super excited about because there's a lot of uncertainty in this one. We got Matus Gamrot versus Gurum. Okay, so I got so many things to say about this fight. I'm actually quite excited for it. So first of all, we were supposed to watch Renato Moicano fight Magomed Mustafaev. And that fight okay. actually, Renato pulled out. And then our boy Matus Gamro came in and replaced him. But then okay. Mustafaev was like, nah, I don't want to do that now. And so he pulled out. And now our boy Guram Kutinalazzi has actually come in to fight on short notice for the short notice fighter. Wow. And, a lot of uncertainty on this one then. Yeah. And so the thing is, like, I don't even want to spend a lot of time here. We've seen Guram. First of all, Guram, remember my boy Giga, Giga, Giga. Of course. Underdog last week, we hit that. Same thing, Georgian kickboxer. So even okay. if, like you've seen Giga fight a couple times now, and so you mm -hmm. can probably visualize the type of fighter I'm talking about. So he's even got some good defensive grappling. So the thing I love about Gamrat is we're talking about a double champ at KSW. We're, we're poaching all of their fighters right now. All of yeah. their champs are starting to get a chance in the UFC. And so this guy's bringing in that type of weight to a short notice fight. And, you know, let's just leave it right there. If Gamrot's not a minus 300 plus favorite in this, we're probably taking it. And, you know, you called it perfectly. Minus 295 for Mr. Gamrot. That's uh, so. uh, so I guess we're taking it. I mean, let's hope. It, it's technically under the 300. So. Yeah, and so here's my issue with that is the reason why I would actually consider taking this really quickly is that that line can only move the other way. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, I love Garam, but... You know, that's probably because of my boy Giga, Giga, Giga. You know, he took that nice win last week for us, plus money. But again, does he have the same defensive grappling? Can he withstand the pressure that Gamro comes with? Like, it's just mm -hmm. constant pressure and he can do multiple things. And so I just don't see that really playing out for him in that favor. And take a second. Doesn't it feel like we have kind of like a DBZ, like a Dragon Ball Z? Like, if someone said, yo, I, I can't wait to watch Gamro versus Garam. I'm thinking to myself, like, Easy. yo. What planet, what planet, the names are just so perfect. Gamera, I mean, Kakarot. Yeah, I'm fully expecting a cartoon <laughs> bout here. So. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> so that leads us into the next one. It's a welterweight bout between mm -hmm. Claudio Silvia and James Krause. So there's a couple of things. I, I, I feel bad for James Krause. So James Krause is a fighter turned coach and he's got a lot of good fighters under his belt yeah i've definitely seen him around quite a bit mm -hmm. he's, he's in mostly in corners and so he took this fight on short notice as of october 4th i believe so that's how short notice he's taken it wow and you know what wow. going against a att fighter that doesn't fight often but like you look at this guy's record you look at his 14 and 1 mma record and you're thinking to himself like how can i not and i just feel so bad for for kraus because he's coming in here probably trying to like work on his grappling for sure before this fight mm -hmm. takes place. He's going to have a good ability to distance strike. And that's what I like about it. If he can carry that fight through, there's a good chance. But again, Claudio seems to be the guy that likes to push forward. He's going to bring that energy, especially in that first round. And so if you can't withstand that, 
that's going to be a heavy problem. 5-0 and oh in the UFC dating back to 2014. I mean, this guy is just bringing everything. Got wins under his belt against Leon Edwards. Like, these are huge, mm-hmm. huge, huge, huge names. And, I mean, he was a minus 550 going into his last fight against Cole Williams and finished that in the first oh. round. And so that's where, for me, looking at this, even though Kraus is probably his, I wouldn't call it the toughest, but in terms of activity and where Kraus is at in his MMA life. Career. Yeah, this is a really good matchup for him to see how he can compete against a guy who's just around the game so much. Yes. Whether it's as a fighter or a coach, because you're definitely not. You're training for sure, I can see that. But you're not taking fights on, their, on a regular basis through the UFC. And so, and the, by the looks of it, it's not a guy who couldn't. He, he was very active in terms of UFC fighting, like 5-0 since 2014. Like, those are all the fights he's taken. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's what's telling me. Like, he's choosing to fight right now, which tells me, like, I might have to choose to take him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and obviously uh, smarts and tactics and all that is going to come into play here mm-hmm. when you have, you have a player coach, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So. That, yeah. that, that, and I think that's where the odds kind of lie as well, right? Giving Kraus, you know, a slight favorite simply due to that fact that he can be versatile and knows kind of what he needs to do to alter his game. Exactly. Because we can quickly yeah. touch on the guys that he's even fought, right? We got guys like Cerrone. Those, like, losses to Cerrone, mm-hmm. Masvidal. Wow. They're potential. Wow. Like, these are, like, title challenges. Your top dudes, yeah. Yeah, and so we also have Kraus cutting to 175. So, or sorry, 170. So, like, these are things that... For me, I hate to say it, but I've seen Kraus fight. I've not been the biggest believer, and mm-hmm. it's because he seems to lose the fights that matter. And in this case, whether it's for a paycheck, whether it's to really show off his abilities to be able to cut the weight, get in there, show what he can do as a distance striker, and maybe take this by a close decision at the end. I mean, that's how he lost his last fight, right? Just okay. that decision. And so yeah. that's where I just, I just don't know. And I, I think I would be leaning in favor of Claudio because you just told me that he's the underdog. And if you yeah, ask me... And, and- yeah, we yeah. love the points, right? And so. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'll be completely honest here and say, if you asked me going into everything I told you right now from what I saw, I would have actually put him as a very slight favorite. And I'm talking a minus 120, a minus, five, minus 115 type slight favorite. Perfect. Yeah, so, so I mean, obviously, odds of plus 160 are going to jump out at us. Exactly. Like, kind of enticing that way. So. Exactly. Yeah, keep an eye out for that one. We'll probably sprinkle on the dog there and kind of hope for a nice little upset here. Perfect, because I'm down with that plan. Awesome. And so the next one, man, this is a scary, scary dude here. Thomas Almeida versus Jonathan Martinez. Woo! Tell me a little bit about this man. And it's crazy because I can't even believe that I'm looking at a fight right now where Thomas Almeida is the older fighter. I feel like I've been watching this guy fight since I was like 12. (laughs) He was like 20, you know what I mean? Like he was such a young kid coming Mm -hmm. into the UFC and he's the prototypical fighter that everybody, like let's call... Maybe I don't even call you the casual fan that I'm kind of talking about here, but like those let's drink 12 beers and, on, yell, and, and, and yell about how badly we want to see people just knock each other out. Knocked, yeah. Those guys love this, this kid. Guy. Yeah, like this is one of those Brazilian fighters like, oh yeah, we love Brazil. Like those are the guys that they're going to touch on because chin <laughs> up, fist fly, someone's out. Someone's yeah. out. <laughs> but like let's even talk about how much he brings to the table, right, in terms of experience. I mean – Cheeky 4-0 run till he got knocked up by Cody Garbrandt and Cody knocks people out. So, I mean, residual effects, potentially. I mean, <laughs> he's one and two ever since. I think, you know, he beat Alberto Morales in a beauty second round finish. But again, 
these are not the names we expected him to face this late in his career. So now he's 29, taking on a guy like Jonathan Martinez, who had a great showing against Frankie Sainz. But Frankie Sainz is not much to talk about anymore. Talk about, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I, I saw that third round. And the main things I took away from that was, you know, Martinez's ability to push forward and keep the pace going. These are the kind of things we want to see from a fighter who is most likely going into this fight as... I can only imagine a plus 200, a plus 190 underdog. There's no way I can see from a Vegas pr perspective him getting the edge because of just how little he's done and how much people have maybe been looking forward yeah. to Almeida fight. And, and even the, the body fights. of work. Yeah, the body yeah. of work for Martinez just isn't there. Right? Yeah, Jimmy, so, Re Jimmy Rivera and Rob Font are massive losses, but those mm -hmm. are some of the biggest names of that division. And I love Jimmy Rivera. He's one of my favorite fighters. And it's because yeah. Marias, Aldo are the types of losses that he's taking on. So imagine the type of caliber of fighter that we're talking about when it comes to Almeida and his rise. Yeah, the credibility is just there. And, you know, we're actually going to see a little bit of value here, actually, because he's only a minus 155 favorite. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that is something kind of to keep out for us. You know, mm -hmm. we, we seem to be pretty high on Mr. Almeida here. And, you know, th those odds are pretty enticing, would you not say? Well, see, the odds I was talking about before were actually revolved around Martinez, because I'm kind of thinking to myself, Based on the skill that I saw, there's a reason why this line is so much closer than I thought it was. Because, mm -hmm. because honestly, I, Almeida's chinny. Like you can't, you can't, you can't ignore that fact. And so, yeah. if this guy's landing clean knees and strikes in the third round, I mean, that's where that juice is coming from. And to be honest, like I was leaning the other way if Almeida was getting that minus 200. Because that's what I said, right? If, if this guy was coming mm. in at as a plus 190, plus 200, some I good value there. I'm enticed to take. Yeah, I mean, but coming in as the favorite, you know, we, we might need to reevaluate here. Exactly, exactly. All right, so stay tuned for that one. Um, <laughs> next up, we got Jimmy Crute versus Modestus Bukakis. Bukakis, hey, yo, smash, yo. Can we just give Pies a round of applause? The names on this card right now are not They're easy. tough, man. This one smashing. is tough. He's smashing. Okay, so. There's a lot, a lot of Russians and a lot of Koreans on this yeah. card, eh? Well, have you noticed? Like, that's what we just said. Like, we're poaching KSW fighters. We're yeah, poaching it, a lot of the Asian fighters. Right to that point. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest. It seems like that they can't seem to find the fighters on home soil right now to fill up an entire card every well, that. Yeah, I was going to say, and the fact that, you know, the sport is growing so heavily mm -hmm. that, you know, it's 15 fights a weekend. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? A weekend. Like, that is crazy. And to be like, they, they average between, I would say, 9 and 13. So they're they're getting very close to, like, the thresholds that they want to hit. And mm -hmm. that that's the best part that I have to give a round of applause to Mr. Uncle Dana because he's really Absolutely. Put, he's putting it in. Especially in such a, like volatile sport where you know dudes pull out dudes get injured they don't make way there's just so many moving mm -hmm. pieces the fact that you can continuously bring us this consistent product that's very impressive mm -hmm. and, and that's where like they're saying a lot of other sports can take a bit of you know notes from the way yeah take a page out of dana's book man the nba did very well with that too i mean they were not letting anybody leave disney and who wants to leave disneyland disney world <laughs> happiest place on earth man. right maybe not so much for jimmy anymore but great coffee business <laughs> uh, okay. he'll be back stronger than ever so <laughs> you know i believe let's that. move on to the next jimmy and jimmy crude so these are two really, really great prospects that I wanted to talk about because Jimmy Crute's an English fighter. I like the way he brings smarts even at 23, 24 years old. 
he looks like a smart fighter and they're always looking for the most opportunistic time to either go for a takedown or keep striking. He even mm -hmm. said in his post-fight interview in his last fight, the reason why he went, he said he just feel that this guy wasn't really eating those punches and he just felt like it was a smarter game plan, just go for the feet. And that's him thinking on his feet in the octagon. Those are great signs mm -hmm. from a guy who's not even 25 years old yet. Now, what yeah, I that's love about, massive. Yeah, and what I love about Modestus is that in the last fight, I don't know if you can remember this, but this was actually very memorable for me. We took him. Uh, I can't remember. If we, we took him, and I actually saw the guy that he beat. He knocked him out towards the end of the round with elbows. So the guy was going for a takedown, and he just kept giving him these elbows. Yeah. And the round ended, and this guy couldn't stand up. And the ref was like, hey, round's over. Those were clean. What are you doing? And he's, like, trying to move. All of a sudden, his corner, I don't know if I want to call this corner idiots. I don't know if I want to call him kind of dumb for trying to go backwards like that like there's a lot of things there that if you listen to Paul Felder's reaction he's like you know that that's happens like their corner just came and opened the door so he even gave himself an excuse to get out of there but you know this guy flew right out of the door as his training camp or as his uh, coaches came into the octagon and the ref's like no no this match is done get out of here yeah, and so I, that's kind of where I like, they both got size. They both got striking. Lukaskis mm -hmm. showed good leg kicks, body kicks. Like, these are the things I like from bigger fighters because it's okay. just guys down. Completely. But I can't see Jimmy Crew being anything less than a minus 275 to a minus 325 favorite. Very close, minus 350. Yeah, uh, cool. I, I was hoping for a bit more because, you know, like we said, if we if we see these guys that are under minus 300 and we could parlay them, like those are the guys we're taking. I love mm -hmm. Jimmy Crute in this, but now you're also telling me that there is some of that value. I thought Modestus would be a lot more uh, aggressive in his UFC fights, but it looks like he actually switched that gameplay up as he got into the higher ranks and became a bit more responsible because I didn't see too much of the pushing forward. And frankly, if you're not pushing forward against, you know, some of the fights Crute, that he's had in yeah. the past. No, yeah, Crute, Crute's going to eat you up. He's going like, to expose that for mm -hmm. sure. And that's where I think, you know, there's just too much riding on it for him. And his only loss is coming to Misha Serkinov, who was actually a title, you know, potential title challenger at one point in his career. So these are mm -hmm. things that we're going to obviously look and be like, yeah, minus 350, you know, we weren't far off. It makes sense. Yeah, so stay stay tuned for that one. No, no real side right now. Mm -hmm. uh, upcoming, we got Jessica Andrade versus Oof. Caitlin Chukagin. Yeah, yeah, Caitlin Chukagin. So she, what I love about her, I love her ability to just go the whole time. She does not let up. Uh, in she just has last, a motor, eh? Yeah, in her last fight, she actually landed her first takedown ever. And some of the fights uh -huh. that she's been in, you can really take in what she's saying in, in terms of, yeah, this was like the first time I really took the time to, to focus on my grappling and training camp and I landed my first takedown, so that means it's going really well. And I'm thinking to myself like, man, you've got a long time in this game without having to learn that stuff. And against yeah. Andrade, that's a big deal because the way I see it, if you can't knock out Andrade, that's a definition of a pit bull. Like she's coming at you, you know, heavy footed, heavy handed, just <laughs> the whole time. And Caitlin's got good defensive striking. She's going to be able to stand with her. But what mm -hmm. I'm very curious about is how easily she can deal with Andrade being on top. Andrade trying to trying to actually the flurry. Her. Yeah, the yes. flurry. Yes, because the grappling in this case is just you telling us that that was your first time against you know yeah Antonina Shevchenko. That's a problem for me. And it's so funny because just to give you a quick little, I think this is the second best female fighter on the planet, uh, Valentina wow. Shevchenko. Valentino Shevchenko, sorry. Valentino Shevchenko's second best female okay. fighter on the planet. That was okay. her previous loss. And she ended up fighting Antonina Shevchenko, who is her sister, and got the first takedown ever and finished her all that beauty. 
It was jeez. Would not want to be an older brother in that family. Yeah, could you imagine, right? <laughs> and so I like that. I like that. But I, again, I'm leaning on Drage in this fight. We're talking Zhang Weiling, current champion, only person to ever actually like knock her out. She's been submitted mm -hmm. a couple times, but you know, Rose knocked her out with a suplex and then lost her in split decision. Like these oh, are wow. these are fighters that are the top of the food chain. Mm -hmm. And so, can Caitlyn handle that, being this the second fight after she landed her first takedown? I just don't think so. And if... Yeah, and based on what you're saying with versatility, things you have in your arsenal, things like that, it just mm -hmm. seems like Jessica has the edge there. And I'm hoping you know, she's she... under minus 300. That's my hope here. To, to be honest, this is pretty close to a pick. So, I think That's that, you know, figured. this is... This is going to be a, one of our stronger plays, it seems, because, mm -hmm. you know, based on the breakdown of it, the, the edge definitely goes to Jessica here. Mm -hmm. And it's only because of just that ferocity. I think the smarter fighter is going to be Caitlyn, but at the mm -hmm. same time... Will she be able to withstand it, right? This is a new level. This is a new level. Mm -hmm. And the last time she faced championship caliber fighter, which would be Valentina, woof, didn't go out so well. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, and then moving on into our co-main event. The first one we got is Cyril Gain versus Ante Delicia. <laughs> and you know what I love about this fight? Think back to what we just saw in our prelims last week with the uh, Nascimento fight. Remember we got knocked mm -hmm. out by our boy, Christakis? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so think about what we went into thinking. Which was a great knockout, by the way. Great, great knockout. knockout. And those yeah. guys look fairly out of shape for the weight class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, they, yeah, absolutely. They look extremely out of shape, but that dude was, Chris Dawkins can throw hands. That is yeah. it. Throw hands, and he's quick for he had, he had a cool little story. You know, he's, uh, what, what is it, Philadelphia PD there? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, we kind of made that, like, semi-joke last week. Like, you know, part-time police officer part-time yeah. fighter. I mean, there's really no part-time there. He just seems to be kicking the shit out of people, you know, on a regular <laughs> basis here. But what I like about these guys is it's the exact opposite, man. We're talking, you know, solid abs of In steel shame. at 230, yeah. 40 pounds. Like, these are guys that can go. Clean-looking dude. I love this fight when it comes to the heavyweights. We, we just talked so much about the Chris Dawkuses and the Nascimentos who are a little out of shape. But look at those hand speeds. Like, they are very mm. misleading in terms of heavyweights. Nascimento, if it went to the ground, we might have seen some of that speedy grappling. But in this fight, oh my God, we're talking about some absolute beast athletes. Beast. Great strike. Eh? Yes. Gan, Gan, Cyril Gan is just one of the best prospects in the UFC heavyweight division. And I think this fight is going to be a lot tougher than people think. And I know that's going to show in the odds. I'd, be, I'd refuse to believe it doesn't. But Ante Delija. So I want you to actually pull up a fight with him and Marcin okay. Tibura, who you're very familiar with now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so they had actually okay. had a really good exchange going into that. Like, that first round was really nice. And I kind of want you to just fast forward to three minutes and just kind of see how that last minute really played out. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to come back from that. He did as a heavyweight, and he absolutely dominated in the KSW. It's just... He looks good. He looks good. He looks the part. He looks like mm -hmm. both these guys have not passed the age of like 33, 34 years old. So they're in a really good place for a heavyweight fighter. And I think win or lose for even Anti Delija, who's taking on such a massive, you know, prospect in Cyril Gunn, he's got a future in the UFC. And I think that's what they're looking for when it comes to some of these bigger boys. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, just checking him out. He's looking clean here. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, he just got knocked. Did he get knocked Oof. though? Did he get knocked? The... Yeah. Are you sure it's knocked? Oh. Gruesome, bro. Gruesome. Oh. Oh. Uh, I'm not even. I'm not 
started watching, I could visualize that tibia snapping. I'm like, oh, oh no, I need to pause this. <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one's tough. So, you know, Gan, Gan, Surogan going into this. Easy, easy. Yeah, he's faced some adversity to come back, eh? <laughs> yeah, bro. And so, to say but, the least. Going back to Gan, like 6-0 UFC fighter. Like he, He's looked the part. I just think that this will be probably one of his better showings in terms of just rising the ranks because no one really knows about him yet, but we got him as a co-main event here. It's a perfect stage for him. He's shown really good submissions. He's shown good striking footwork. Mm -hmm. Like this is everything we want to see from a top prospect when it comes to a heavyweight. Now, Francis Naganu, Sir Gan, like a different story, but you know, yeah. these guys got height, they got weight, they got speed, they got strikes. This first round, it might be the best first round in the entire on the entire card. Ooh, so what you're saying is we're looking at an under here. <laughs> I think there's a good chance this goes under, without question. Okay. That's my number one bet in this fight. And the only reason I would consider going the other way, because like I said, I think Gan could easily be one of the best favorites on this card. But mm -hmm. there's so many minus 300s. You've already seen that. Maybe that's not the case. But he definitely and To has be honest, this is a minus 600. Oh, so he he, he must be. the the yeah. the yeah, so I called it. Yeah, so I knew that. I, like, man... Pies, if I could tell you in terms of hype, athleticism, history, the amount that this guy has talked about and now going into this co-main event. I mean, this is going to be an exciting dude to watch. Eh? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. But what I'm All also right. telling you is like, here's a bit of background on Adi Delicia to be like, yeah. wait a minute. This is yeah. a crazy Don't count him dude. out. Yeah, yeah. He looked great against How Marcus How many times Tengera. has he fought since that uh, leg injury? It is three straight wins. And his last one was against Ollie Thompson, which is some of the fight highlights that I took a look wow. at. And he finished that in the second round with a good takedown, good ground and pound. I enjoyed watching that fight. And it told me like, holy, after watching that highlight of Tybura and then watching this, it's like, man, you really put in that work over that next work, yeah. like three, and four years. And he's going to have a fighter's chance, you know? Yeah, because he Especially fought in a heavy, heavyweight bout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to see what will come to this because, you know, taking Ooh, the under, maybe a sprinkle on. I can't wait on... to see that one, man. Uh -huh. <laughs> sprinkle on him, you know? Fight. You never know. <laughs> All right. And that leads us into the main event. I know you're super oh. excited about this one. Okay. Take a breather. Zombie. Spooky breathe. Mr. Ortega here. Give it, give it to us here, Spooky. Give it to us. Spooky him. breathe. Spooky breathe. Spooky breathe. <laughs> All right, bro. I don't even know how to... Like, this is a birthday present. I can't believe this is a birthday <laughs> present. Um, Chan Sung Jung is an actual legend to me. Like, this boy, the things I've seen him do, what a human being is willing to do either for, you know, his own, I guess, fame and your enjoyment. It's just insane. It's insane. Oh. Puts his body on the line. He's fought... Everybody, bro. Anyone in this weight class, he's fought them all. He's fought Aldo. He's fought in, in, wow. in peak Aldo. Like, we're talking peak Aldo. Okay, like, not today's dude, Aldo. <laughs> no, this dude has been at it for a good decade. Dating back to 2011, I'm, I'm, I'm calling every single fight as a big name. We could probably go through it right now. Like, I'm just actually going to put... And that's pretty crazy to only see five losses then on his record with over 20-plus fights fighting all of the best yeah know? like let's go let's go through it right now we'll go from most recent to, so he knocked out frankie edgar back in december wow okay. in the first round and so we'll go back so renato moicano has come up a lot in this card as well right mm -hmm. as a person that keeps getting replaced knocked him out in the first round as well going back to uh june of last year so then yair rodriguez so this is something i want to actually get you to watch pull up the yair rodriguez uh chan sung jung fight and just fast forward towards the end of the uh, highlight video there's one on there that's really good and I just want you to see how we lost that fight and at what point. 
It's phenomenal. So I'm just gonna keep going down this list. So Yara Rodriguez lost in the fifth round. I'm not gonna tell anything else, so you'll get to watch it. Prior to that, Dennis Bermudez. Aldo, that was a win. Aldo lost. Then he beats Dustin Poirier, Mark Hominick, wow. and Leonard Garcia. Leonard Garcia, that might that fight might be one of my most favorite fights of all time. And these two guys absolutely go crazy in that one. And so let's be a little bit less of a Oh, man. <laughs> what kind of knockout is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An uppercut elbow? Yeah, bro. At, check the time, homie. Check the time. <laughs> 4.59 is the yeah. time on that. Yeah. Oh, man. Considered one of the best finishes of all time yeah. based on how that fight went. Like, if I was, that's a fight that I plan on watching this week to get myself pumped up because... I, I was actually working very heavily at that point, and I remember telling myself there was a, there's going to be a perfect time to watch that fight in To rewatch this one. Yes, yeah. yes, because I watched clips and all that, but things were so busy that I was like, there's going to be a time. Everyone's talking about it. There's going to be a time you're going to get to enjoy this. And here we are, baby. Birthday week. Yara Rodriguez, Chansong Dong, let's get it on. And for those of you who know Siraj or don't know Siraj, he's notorious for saving things until the opportune time. This man has not watched the end of Sopranos. He's not watched the end of Sons of Anarchy. It's all waiting for the perfect the time. The Wire. So, <laughs> that's why this story hits home that much more. You even saved a fight to watch till the perfect time. And it came, though. The perfect time came. <laughs> but can you believe it? So here's, let's let's now get back to our bread and butter here. What I don't like about this fight, and this is a fight I told you, I've already seen the odds because I saw mm -hmm. a little bit of it when I was uh, doing some live betting over the weekend. And frankly, I'm totally blown away by the plus 150, plus 162 odds I've been seeing. I was going to say, didn't you already lay this? Yes, I did. I've, I've, I've laid my birthday bet for the, for the day. And so, reason why I, I just can't agree with this is, do you remember his fight with Max Holloway? Like, I'm going to say this is a fight you, you definitely watch. Now, remembering the ins and outs of it might not be as easy, but, like, for a guy like me who loves both of those guys, like, those are two top ten fighters from a personal perspective. Like, just love for watching, sure. love who they are as people. I mean, the biggest Raptors fan in MMA is probably Max Holloway, so kudos for that. Uh, <laughs> yo, he's never, he's never been truly finished in that sense, right? He's 14-1. and one. And yeah. they called a doctor stoppage in that going into that round. So wow. to be honest, this man can take a, sorry, this man can take a punch. And so the way I see it is Chen Sung Jung is going to throw. He's a, and it's not just like throwing, throwing, like he's actually fairly skilled. He might make it look like he's just thrown for the win, but. Widely, yeah, but there are tactics behind oh, it. Oh, he can land, he can land. The thing is, is Ortega's got a chin. They have completely forgot about who he is. And I can't believe that because if you go take a look at the run that he had to get to the title, it's pretty solid. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the better fighters we've had in that division over the last four or five years. And to be honest, just based on not fighting since the Max Holloway fight, I feel like he's kind of getting a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Chan Sung Jung is one of the biggest household names. He's massive for this whole concept of the Korean fighter who had to go back to Korea to serve his military time and then come back mm -hmm. to the UFC. Like there's a huge storyline behind him. And think about the way I just started this conversation about going off about him and now telling you that I have one of my biggest bets ever riding against him. It, it, it just has a lot to do with the fact that I think people have forgotten who Brian Ortega was and that's where those odds are coming from. If this fight... Yeah, yeah go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, you know, kind of what we 
foreshadow with, you know, line movements and stuff like that. It seems like this is a primed one where, you know, people start remembering about Ortega again. All these, you know, all these highlights and fight clips start coming back up again. We can see those odds tightening mm -hmm. for what should be a very close main event, right? I can tell you right now, two weekends ago, it was plus 150. With during the week last week, it was plus 162. And then going back to, you know, the weekend ending and looking as early as this morning, it's a plus 150 again. So mm -hmm. you're seeing that that notion that, you know, people kept taking Chan Sung Jung even at that that price. And then people were like, oh shit, Brian Ortega at a plus 162. Plus well, let me, yeah. let me reel that back for you real easily. <laughs> so I caught that plus 162. And so I'm, I'm pretty, I'm excited for the fight from a fan perspective. And as a Brian Ortega and Chan Sung Jung fan, I just hope the best for both of them. But from a mm -hmm. betting perspective, I just can't help but see that the juice there is too There's much value. Yeah, the yeah, value there. Mm -hmm. In the later rounds, I know that he can take a beating, but he has to avoid those shots early, right? Don't take mm -hmm. the beating that Chen, uh, Chen Sung Jung wants to give you early. Try to be a little bit more tactful, footwork, takedowns, things like that. Keep him at bay, try to tire him out because you know that if this fight gets in close, you know if it goes to the ground, that's your forte. And so taking yeah. those really good punches for the first three rounds, like he's not gonna pepper you like Max Holloway did. Max Holloway can pepper you with amazing strikes, accurate, exactly where they need to be for four rounds, and they're going to hurt and they're going to do damage. But this yeah. guy is coming to throw. This guy is coming to knock you out. And if you take... And the fact that you're telling me he has a chin, like five-round mm -hmm. fight, let's go, you know? Yeah, but my whole point for Ortega is don't, don't go into this thinking you can stand with this man for the first two rounds and take no. all of his best punches as you try to get mm -hmm. set to take things over in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. That's the part yeah. that really... Have that endurance to get there. The game plan needs to, needs to reflect that. Absolutely. Man, you got me really pumped for this card, man. A couple nice co-main events. Amazing uh, It's going to be your birthday card. So, you know, wishing you an early happy birthday. Hopefully we have a great successful night. I'll let you uh, close off for us here. Yeah, so, I mean, let's, let's take a quick look at the YouTube page. You know, subscribe, like, follow, do all that great stuff for us. We're on Instagram. That's where we're going to see our final picks go up in terms of graphics. We are finally going to be working on a Friday to Saturday video after the weigh-ins, after the face-offs to basically explain the picks and then have them up ready to go by Saturday. No waiting. All the information you'll need. Check us out on Twitter. We're fairly active on there talking about most sports and some of the other, you know, topics that we're really interested in. Yeah, I'm going to just kind of feed it up to Pius to sign us off and just go follow. Perfect, go subscribe. Man. Couldn't, have said it, couldn't have said it better myself, but please, guys, hit the subscribe button below. Sign up for us on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, Siraj, always a pleasure. Love seeing your face, man. You too, my man. Let's get ready for that football weekend too. Peace. Sounds good. Later, guys.